What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Roundtable. I am Dion, and I'm joined here today with Andrew and Phil. Today, we will be discussing how and when did you learn you were an athlete, fitness and diet tips to help you start your fitness journey, and our thoughts on alcohol. So Andrew made a joke in our in our chat about how he's ready to talk about the alcohol. So we'll have Andrew start off with our first topic, and then we'll kind of lead into that. Well, I would say like most I mean, I won't say most kids, but I started playing sports when I was, I don't know, seven or eight. I started playing peewee football. That was also what baseball and then a little bit of soccer here and there, but just mostly like the random sports that most kids play. Um, I didn't really become an athlete though until probably 10th grade because before that, I just wasn't very coordinated. I wasn't that great at sports. And then I grew 13 inches my eighth grade year of school. And so that made me just even more goofy than I already was. But once I kind of grew into my body and kind of figured out how being six feet tall was, I, I uh, got pretty athletic. So, I mean, when did I know I, I was an athlete? I would say probably 14. But, yeah, I don't know. I would say around 14. That's, that's pretty dope. Um, I was laughing. I was in my head. I was laughing at the uh, peewee football because I feel like that's how everybody starts off. Like, your family throws you into to some sport and it's always football because you know american football is a thing like i'm a soccer player you were a soccer player but um i feel like that's not the first thing humans tend to throw their kids into but, football um, and baseball <laughs> yeah but it's always football and baseball it seems um yeah i my story is kind of kind of obscure i i started i did football um when i was younger and i kind of enjoyed it a little bit i liked hitting people but I wasn't a, a fan of football, so I never had the fulfillment as a child, like you know that I know some kids ex- had from playing the sport. Um, but after that, I really didn't play any, I guess, sanctioned sports. I would say I would always do like backyard wrestling with my friends, um, tag, random stuff, and that was how I got my my uh, activity or my athletic experience was through kind of obscure ways. Um, I really didn't get into sports until I was a senior, um, which we spoke about on previous uh, podcasts, but I really didn't get into any sports until I was a senior in high school. Um, I started off doing track and playing soccer. I moved into college and played soccer in college, but that wasn't when I found out what athlete I was until I was in my fourth year of college at SUNY Oswego. Uh, I would have to attribute this to my boy, Ryan, who I hope we can get on this podcast at some point. I started learning about different types of muscle fibers um, through my program and like type two and type one muscle fibers, you know, your endurance athletes and your uh, power athletes or your like your typical sprinter or your your marathon runner. But it also correlates throughout all of exercise. So like if you're a power lifter versus a, you know, crossfitter. And I didn't learn what type of athlete I was until I met my best friend in college when we were training for a powerlifting competition. And I could do, I couldn't do as many reps as he could on any given exercise. But when it came to overall power movements and strength, I could, you know, squat more than he could. I could bench more than he could and deadlift more than he could. I was just always, you know, it always came easier to me. And then I kind of like figured it out after that, that I was a more power athlete. I, I would excel in sports that had high levels of sprinting, um, high levels of strength. So like jumping, those were always my type of sports. I was a terrible swimmer in long distance swims, but I could do, you know, 50 freeze pretty well. Um, so it was one of, it wasn't until I tried something or I learned about the different types of muscle fibers that, um, athletes have that I kind of figured out where I fell and what sports I should kind of go towards as, as an athlete. So depending on what muscle fibers you have is, I mean, it's, it's not something that's always super apparent and it changes between person and person, but you'll, you'll kind of get a gist of things that you become good at uh, really fast. Like if you're doing track, track is always the easiest one. I say that kind of differentiates you from what type of athlete you're or what sports you'll be good at. And if you are crushing it in the 100 meter dash and the 200, but as soon as you get to like a four or an 800 and next thing you know, your times drop significantly, you, you might not be an endurance athlete. So you might want to stay away from sports that are higher endurance. Like soccer is one of those weird ones for me because 
it's so position specific. Like forwards tend to run a lot, but you don't run as much as a midfielder would or a defender would. So it's kind of overall encompassing. But like I was saying, if you do a like a mile run in track or you're doing longer distance in track and you try to do a 100 and you notice that you're running a 13 second 100 and there's nothing you can do, you don't know why you're you're moving so slow, maybe you're not into sports where it's like basketball or you're not a running back, you know. So <laughs> I would say like learning about that changed me a little bit and also I would never have found that out unless I trained my friend Ryan who we tried to do the same exact exercise programming for a bench press competition and it just worked well for him and terribly for me. So I think, I think it was sometimes it's mistakenly stumbled upon where you just happen to, to learn it. And some people, it takes a little bit of practice and maybe an outside coach or somebody to express like, Hey, maybe you're better at this or you're not as good at this than someone else. That made my answer feel pretty basic. I like <laughs> I like how you dove into that a lot more and that made me kind of want to dive in. I'm sorry for cutting you <laughs> off a little bit, Phil, but that's a good point. Cause when I was 14, obviously I knew that I was kind of athletic, but that's different than knowing what kind of athlete you are. Yeah. Cause I can be athletic, but I can be athletic at tennis or I can be athletic at swimming or soccer or football or whatever. When I went in the military, that's kind of when I found out what kind of athlete I was because I joined pararescue in the air force, which they have an 11 week in doc process. And you're just getting your dick smoked in. You're running the whole entire time. You're in the pool six hours a day. And I excelled really, really well. I was really good in the pool. I was pretty good at runs. I was really good at getting smoked. I could do push-ups forever. I could do burpees forever. So I kind of realized how good I was at endurance training. I was good at getting smoked. You know, I, I had those slow twitch muscle fibers. Um, so I kind of realized then and a little bit beforehand that I was more geared towards that endurance. Um, genetics do play a factor in that, like you were saying, you know, you can sit there and want to be a 100 runner, but you're not going to be if you're, you know, running a 14, 13 second, 100. But if you're running a four minute mile, then you kind of understand where you're going to be at. I definitely think you can play a little bit with that because I've gone into powerlifting. I shouldn't be that good at powerlifting and I'm not really in the grand scheme of things, <clears throat> but it doesn't stop me from being pretty strong and as strong as I could be. I don't know what that can be. But I do know that the type of athlete you are doesn't have to affect the type of athlete you want to be, but it definitely helps a lot. I think from the ages of, I don't know, I would say 12 to 24 have a really, really big part of your body composition as you grow older. I think that athletes as kids grow into pretty athletic, healthy adults. Yeah, I would say I learned pretty pretty late that <clears throat> what my body could do and what it could handle and what it was good at. And then at the same side that you can kind of train differently and still be good at something else too. What, what would you define getting smoked as? Yeah. Um, so getting smoked one really good example, just to put a number so I can actually give you guys a realistic term of getting smoked. Mondays were eval days and we had calisthenics and then an X mile run because it depended on the week. The obviously the standards grew as the weeks grew on, but we would have calisthenics, a mile run or X mile run. <clears throat> we would do our fin, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But if we fucked up, if we didn't line up correctly, if we didn't do this correctly, if we didn't do this correctly, we'd get a tick mark. And we were allowed to get a total of 25 tick marks. You can get less, but you can't get more. A tick mark would be either, it would be one set. One set would either be 50 push-ups, 50 burpees, 50 eight counts, 100 flutter kicks. Um, what were the other numbers? Uh, it would be 100 mountain climbers. Like, so it was either 50 or 100 of an exercise. And so it would be you do 50 push-ups, and then you stand at detention. And they're like, all right, the next exercise is burpees. Go. And then you do 50 burpees, and they do that 25 times. And then you're fucking smoked, bro. You're done, son. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who you are, dude. If you do 25 sets of 50 of anything, you're going to be fucked up. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> that definitely. Uh, what's the term you keep saying? Smoked? Yeah, that sounds like I would be smoked after doing a workout <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I don't care who you are. But yeah, so that's what's getting smoked is. My journey into athletics was very weird. Uh, I didn't, I, so I never played peewee football. Uh, Y'all were talking about how like you f figure like everyone does it. It's such an American thing, but 
Uh, I did do like youth basketball. Uh, so I didn't do football. I did do basketball. And when I was older into like junior high and high school, I did um, track. I did do swimming in eighth grade and I kept with swimming throughout high school and college. And then I actually through track, I joined cross country and then I did cross country all through high school, but I didn't do track my senior year. And I feel like the, uh, the way that I got into those was like, it marks certain points in my life that like, I knew not what kind of athlete I was going to be, but that I was going to continue to be an athlete. Uh, when I did track and modified swimming in eighth grade, I wasn't very committed to it. I didn't really care that much about it. But so I would really never say that I I found out what kind of athlete that I, I am. You know, I've, I learned a lot recently about, uh, you know, muscle types and, you know, what, you know, what someone might be more prone to or what someone might be more like genetically gifted at when it comes to athletics. But I learned I've I've learned that sort of recently, but I've been doing athletic type things for a long time. So I've, I may have been doing things that like weren't exactly the kind of athletics I was uh, like born into, but they happened to be the things that I'd, I I drifted into. And I did uh, I did cross country and swimming throughout all of high school and then swimming throughout all of college. And there was a period of time, two separate times in ninth grade was the first year that I did both of the varsity versions of cross country and swimming. And that was when, you know, I, I made this decision that like, I'm going to take being an athlete seriously and that I'm going to like put a lot of work into it. And it's not just like a time to hang out with friends. I did really much enjoy being on teams. Uh, you know, running alone is fun, but being on a team, uh, you know, brings a lot more enjoyment to, you know, heading out for a, a boring run when there's like 20 other guys around you. Uh, but when I was in ninth grade in both cross country in the fall and then swimming in the winter, I, I put a lot more work into those seasons and I grew a lot as a person and as an athlete in terms of like deciding that like now is the time that like, you know, I'm, I'm actually committing to these things and not just like trying to fill my time after school. And then my sophomore year of college, was like the sort of more recent time where I decided to like take it up another notch that like, you know, I was, I'm not a kid anymore. Like, you know, I'm, I was, uh, you know, my freshman year of college was like, sort of, I wasn't really that committed to swimming, but then the year after I like, I committed much, much more seriously. And since then, uh, I haven't really, I haven't really backed off by a lot. You know, I, I take being, being an athlete because I you know I don't want to like put it in such serious terms but like I take the things that I'm doing seriously as like you know now I'm I'm an adult not a 14 year old I should be you know if I'm gonna like set my goals on something and you know use a bunch of time to try to get better at it then I'm I'm gonna like really put myself into it but the the flip side of that comparing like what I did to what you guys were talking about like I don't actually know I was never really that good at either cross country, you know, long distance running or swimming. You know, I, I improved a lot over the years that I did them, but like relative to the teams that I was on or like the divisions I was in, in terms of like the other high schools we raced against or the other colleges, I wasn't very good. And I don't say that in any sort of like a negative way. What I mean is that like I probably wasn't someone who was predisposed to those sports, but I, I committed to them anyway and i think that that's the the type of athlete that i that i am is one that like will commit to something and will you know see it through even if it's not the thing that is easiest or comes the easiest you know i know that i'm not built to be a 100 meter sprinter but uh you know past that i don't really know like what type of athlete that i am but i know that i'm like you know i'm really into the idea of like sticking with it for a long time uh, in terms of like what type, I don't know. It seems like kind of a abstract kind of question. Like, do you guys think that like the thing that you're doing right now is really like the thing that you're most genetically predisposed for? Uh, yeah. 
Maybe. Maybe. He's an an Maybe? You're not sure? So one thing I will say is that I have to work hard at powerlifting. I didn't have to work that hard at getting in shape endurance-wise. And I don't want to, like, sneeze at, at endurance training because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just saying it came easier to me. That being said, powerlifting, genetics, I want to make this very clear right now, too, that anyone that will listen to this, genetics are the smallest, it's the smallest percentage on on the, the pie chart that you need to have in order to be successful at anything. The reason why Phil's is good at triathlons and at endurance training that he is, is because, like you said, you put a lot of time into it. The reason why Dion's the athlete that he is now and good at soccer and good at other sports is because of the time and effort he put into it. I remember Dion's not so much athletic ability, but his ability to work hard in high school. And then now I see the soccer player he is now, and it's like, holy shit, where'd Dion come from? It's like, oh yeah, because he worked hard for five years. It's like, oh wow, Beckham's pretty good at powerlifting. It's like, no, I'm not. I just put an absolutely ridiculous amount of passion and discipline into inanimate objects that don't move unless you move them. It doesn't make me any spe- more special or intelligent than anyone else. I just put a ridiculous amount of time into something. You know, some person might be better at, I don't know, public speaking or art or whatever. It just depends on the amount of time you put in. And that's why I think athletics is like the most beautiful thing, man. It's so cool because you can do something and engage your brain and really work hard. And the only thing that really changes is your body and mind. Like what an awesome thing. Like it's amazing to be able to put art on a canvas and make this beautiful landscape, but it's so beautiful to look at a sport, say, I want to do it, put 10 years of your time into it and then become that sport. Like it's just such a cool thing. So I feel like one thing I don't want to have people get twisted in this conversation that we're having is we're not genetically dispositioned for anything. Like Dion doesn't really know if he's like, you know, it's super, super strong or super, whatever. He just puts his time into different things. I don't know if I'm good (laughs) at endurance. I don't know if I'm good at power. I don't know if I'm good at anything, but I'm going to be good at something. I try, you know, Phil's like, you know, I was never really that good at what I did. Not, not that he wasn't really good, but compared to the different kids, he wasn't the best. doesn't matter. Cause at the end of the day, you're not like, if you pick up a golf club, and you're really good at it, but you're not Tiger Woods, you shouldn't get discouraged. You know, he, he might not be like the best triathlete in the world, but you're better than 90% of the people in the world. And that must feel pretty good. Like, <laughs> it's pretty cool, you know? So, genetics are nothing. Practice and time, that's what you got to get. Yeah, I definitely. So, I mean, when, when Phil asked that question, it was, it's tough because I do know the types of sports that I'm predisposed to be good at. Like, I do have a predisposition to like combat sports and things with like body strength, um, balance and, and stuff like that. And I'm really not good at like long distance duration or, or high endurance stuff. So I kind of, I do know a little bit about that um, for my personal self. So I know I sh- like soccer is one of the, is one of the, like the few sports I believe that there isn't like a, a true and tried body type for. So every anybody can play any pos, a certain position in soccer because there's so many of them. Like even if you, you can even be goalie if you can't run a lot, you know, even though you do have to run as a goalie, but it takes a lot. You're not running miles a game. But my, my biggest theory on knowing what type of athlete you are, and this goes for any like parents out there who are listening, just try to get your kid into – a, a lot of different sports have have a a wide variety of of things to have them try because I know for me I didn't I wasn't able to get into like a, a soccer team when I was younger that wasn't really offered to me I it was expensive to be a hockey player but you if you have the ability um and I, I hope it's getting cheaper now but if you can get your kid in like a kickball league you can kind of See, maybe he's his hand, his hand, I mean, his eye foot coordination is better than his hand eye coordination. He might be a better baseball player if you get him into a small like baseball league, have him swim, play tennis with them, you know, even Batman or ping pong. Like those are all sports that people have to do. Like you, you never know until like I did a lot of sports after I got into sports and I tried like tennis, random things, golf. I was never a, a solid golfer, but it's just try get your kids to try many different sports and then you can kind of see 
what ones they're they're better at and it's i feel like as human beings we we have like a huge tell because we enjoy things when we're good at them so if your kid is or if you yourself find yourself just some subtly enjoying something a lot more or like andrew said you find it easy like that's when you can you can tell that you're in that that realm and that's that's how it was for me like when i used to wrestle with people i was always doing well and it was because i had a lower center of gravity and i was really i was naturally strong so those two things in combination with wrestling were a powerhouse for things to do sadly gloversville sports i mean school district didn't have wrestling so <laughs> i really wish i could have looked back at that maybe that would have been something i could have done but yeah i, I kind of figured that years later after being in a health fitness field i'm like all right i know i'm good at x y and z like i have good balance good hand-eye coordination and i have a lower center of gravity because i'm short what sports correlate with that okay like andrew said powerlifting, wrestling these things are probably something I could go into, but <laughs> it's definitely a weird thought. You know, maybe someone is genetically predisposed to be the best basketball player ever, but if they don't like basketball, then they shouldn't play it. You yeah. know, everyone should should try out a bunch of stuff as they're growing up and throughout their like their general youth, you know, from when they're a young kid to like in high school time. You know, there's nothing wrong with trying out a lot of sports. And I yeah. think that the question of like are we doing the right sport for the body that we're in is is like it's an interesting question to try to answer scientifically but like given who we are and the fact that none of us have any gold medals like probably not uh i think that it's the right question is like are we in the sport that we want to be in you know do we enjoy the things that we're doing you know because uh like andrew said he he does powerlifting now but had a really hard time getting into it and like had to work really hard to get to where he was, but found that long distance training was something that came a little easier to him. And I've been uh, running and doing, you know, endurance type stuff for a very long time, but, you know, it was a very hard thing for me to get into. You know, when I first started trying to run, I was very slow and very bad at it. Couldn't even like figure out like, when when do you breathe like is it when this foot's over here or that one's over there and it, it it was clear at the time you know looking back i wasn't someone who should have been running in terms of like what what kind of body i had but like i wanted to run and i liked it and that's the uh the ultimate question of like getting into sports and fitness isn't like are you in the right sport it's like are you enjoying the sport that you're in uh, oh, and I wanted to point out, uh, Andrew, that comment that you made about um, you you focused a lot of energy on lifting inanimate objects that wouldn't move if you didn't move them yourself. The similarity between powerlifting and running is that uh, I have to move an object that wouldn't move itself. It's just, it's me. I'm the object. I'm an animate object. I've just got to move all of me forward. <laughs> And dude, that's sometimes that's the hardest thing, man. Getting yourself up and moving is definitely hard. It's sometimes that's that's harder than moving the actual objects of weight. Yeah, I've had that happen when lifting too. When like you have a set and you're like you're resting, you know, you got like all right, I'm in set three out of five on squats. And I gotta do the fourth one. It's been a couple minutes. I gotta get over there and like the act of like standing up and getting under the bar is harder than the actual set of lifting. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have, or probably not, um, but training with wraps on your knees for lifting, like squatting more so. Yeah. Um, obviously, you wrap very, very tight. You try to get as many revolutions around your knee as you can. And I mean, sometimes you get up off the bench and you can't even bend your knees. That's how tight you want those wraps. And getting off the bench with wraps like that to go squat three, four, 500 pounds that's yeah you're not getting up very quick sometimes <laughs> uh, you got the I, peg legs <laughs> yeah the peg leg. you look like a pirate walking up to the to the bar <laughs> i've never tried it is it like really weird feeling wearing those things yeah <laughs> it, um wearing them i think so i have a very high pain tolerance so mm -hmm. wearing them for me is very fine i don't care a lot of people say they hate having wraps on because they hurt i've never had that problem uh, one thing I will say about squatting in wraps versus naked, aka no, nothing on your knees, not actually naked. Um, <laughs> the squat is way different. Um, 
you're allowed to kind of have more of a forward knee bend because that allows you to kind of sink deeper into the wraps. Um, you should have a little bit of a quicker descent in order to kind of use the bounce out of the ascent. Um, that being said, the squat doesn't change a whole, whole lot. However, training for a wrapped meet, you definitely want to put a good amount of time in, into wraps before you train or rather compete. I always thought it was like a safety issue for your for joints um, because you're definitely at a higher risk of like, like knee mobility or like eversion where your knee might just like kind of move unexpectedly because usually you're you're not what you're not you're not wrapping up for like 225 this is for like heavy heavy weight right like i would say i start when i was when i was um training in reps i would say around 75 percent is where i started to rep okay yeah because i tried them i used sleeves before and i tried reps and for me it just felt so the i think it was more of a mental thing it felt so uncomfortable not so much painful but all i could think about was man these things are so uncomfortable and it kind of psyched me out from lifting said weight but the rep i like the sleeves the sleeves felt pretty good sleeves are amazing um i'm not using sleeves now just because i'm so out of shape that i need to just move weight to get back into shape but um i have a date i'm looking at for my next meet it'll be a year from next monday and i can't tell you what that date is but i want to put six six months into a pre-prep and then six months into a prep mm -hmm. um but that pre-prep won't have wraps not wraps sorry the sleeves but the prep will and sleeves even sleeves can give you 20 ish pounds depending on how tight they are sleeves do help and they actually decrease your range of motion at your knee hinge because of the uh the neoprene that's you know obviously in front of your knees like you can't you know <laughs> you can't bend that far so it definitely helps and i mean does it help a lot no but it definitely helps with how your knees feel i mean i wouldn't say i mean if you have you know three acl tears and you want to get into power lift thing maybe you should go towards wrapped because you know it just kind of keeps your knee into place more but i i like sleeves i like i like peeing raw that i mean yeah i just like it it's it feels better get them get them so you i forgot it was both you and phil who made like the joke about um sometimes getting up to do your set or you know you gotta move inanimate objects and he, he was the and he was the animate object yeah and that kind of leads into um our topic of fitness and diet tips to help you start your fitness journey like how does how does the person who's sitting on their couch get their animate object <laughs> or their body into a gym or into a fitness program how would you uh get them or what tips would you give phil on that uh so the the first question that i always ask people that are like asking me this question is you know what what do you like what do you what's the thing that you know the thing that if i ask you as you know you're the imaginary athlete i'm saying you know okay you're gonna do a workout What's the thing that you like? And if someone says, I don't like any of it, that's the problem. I say, all right, what do you dislike the least? Uh, and this can be, you know, different for a lot of people. But the, the, main, the main goal in exercise is to find something that you can do without it being taking like a huge mental toll. And that can take a lot of uh, exploration. You know, some people might think, uh, you know, something like powerlifting or, you know, HIIT training is too intense for them. And they just, you know, they can get their cardio from walking and they can do some, you know, body weight uh, resistance training. And other people might find walking to be boring. And, you know, people can, two people can find the same activity, you know, too hard or too easy or too fast or too boring. And the, the first thing that I would say is, you know, if you're an adult, thinking about this question. Think about things that you have done in the past and which things you might enjoy in the future. And if you really just can't answer, I would say just go out and try something. The the real question is, you know, what what's gonna be the thing that, you know, when you think, okay, you know, I get out of work at four and I gotta go to the gym or I gotta go do my exercise, that when you're planning your day and you're thinking about that, What's the thing that you're not going to dread doing? Or maybe what's the thing that you might actually look forward to doing? You know, we're, we're lucky as the type of athletes that we are that, you know, when I, 
uh, you know, it's not every day, but when I like think about a day and I'm like, all right, today is Thursday and today I'm supposed to run six miles. Nice. I get to run six miles. You know, it's not every day that I feel like that. And some days I feel pretty sluggish when I wake up, but like running is a thing that like I truly enjoy at least 50% of the time. And like the other 50%, most of the time it's just, you know, not that big of a deal. Uh, and if and if you think about you're an athlete thinking about running and you're like, I hate running, I could never do it. Don't do it. Don't do something that you hate. Try exploring a lot of different things. Try finding the thing that you dislike the least or that you might actually like. And then the next tip I would give is uh, definitely if you're, you know, been pretty sedentary and now you're trying to start an exercise routine, start slow. Start really slow. You know, if you're working into it, you don't have to worry about day one being some hardcore workout. A lot of people will go to gyms where like the trainer will like put them on some crazy workout and they'll be like on the floor at the end. And the trainer's trying to show like, oh, I can, you know, I know how to work you hard. But like most people, especially when they're just getting into it, don't need that. If you start out with what feels pretty easy, it'll end up getting you a lot of benefit. And you can do those hard workouts, but not at first. Definitely my first two tips would be, you know, find what you like, explore some options and start slow. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely want to, I want to touch on what you just said about starting slow. Um, So like, this is like kind of a sidebar, but it, it happened at a place of employment. And one of the trainer um, managers, he would, he was killing people with like his leg workout and he would make them do like 20 sets on the leg press and just like crippling them. I remember like going and talking to him and I showed him my like workout plan for, for this human. He goes, this is too easy, man. Like, like people want you to kick their ass. Like he's like, just like my leg, he was very self-absorbed and he's like, just like my leg workout, man. And I'm like the amount of people who've come to me after they worked out with you said they almost didn't come back here because of that, because you made it so they couldn't walk for five days. I'm like, you're, half of the people who are coming to this i'm just gonna say it was la fitness just so (laughs) everyone was coming to the training was like yeah like it it took me out for a whole week like i didn't even know if i wanted to come back here i'm like that's ridiculous this is how we're gonna start out we're gonna start off slow and we're gonna kind of move you through the paces we're gonna have your body learn how to be active and like phil said that's something that i would stress a lot too teach your body how to be active before you teach your body how to be like an athlete (laughs) like you don't have to come into the gym and you know do what you see on tv or do what you see you know or read on facebook everybody starts at a different position so that'd be definitely a tip that i advise like if you're coming from a a sedentary life and you're you haven't done any form of exercise take it slow you don't have to rush into things you don't want to kill yourself um find something that feels good for you and i always say based off of off feel goods you know if you like a specific exercise voice that to your trainer or voice that to yourself like say hey i like this one i'm gonna add this into my program so like more tips that i would give to for like your fitness i guess it would be do something that you can intrinsically like phil said intrinsically see yourself doing daily and i would even kind of reverse engineer that to an even bigger extent that I feel a lot of people don't do when they're first starting out is calculate time in your head. Think of how much time you're willing to devote to an exercise program. And a lot of people do not do that. They sit there like, I got to work out for an hour every day. Well, if you only have 15 minutes, geez, if you only have 10 minutes and you know, you can get 10 minutes in and you can schedule that 10 minutes, put that time aside, try to come up with the best 10 minute exercise plan you can do and then do that. And then once you become better at that, then you can add more time. And I know a lot of my clients that, that when I would talk to them, they always say that I don't, I didn't have time for this. And I'm like, well, you had time for this. You just didn't sit down and plan that out. So that would be my, my first overall tip is take a moment to self-reflect on how much time you're willing to dedicate to a fitness program. And same thing goes to a diet plan. How much time are you willing to dedicate to this? And the second one for your fitness, I would say, make sure you do a little bit of research or contact a professional. I mean, you don't always have to do that, but make sure you're doing it correctly because the worst thing you want to do 
is do the what we talked about in our was it our first episode the bro science but the, you don't want to step up into into a facility you know pay all this money for a gym membership walk in like I, i've seen this happen before get underneath a squat rack see that someone put 135 on on a bar and you go oh okay that's i could do that and then injure yourself tear your acl and then never be able to do an exercise plan again so do small amounts of re- do some research or contact a professional you know maybe get some help and and just discuss with them hey like i'm looking into getting into a program and i i don't know what to do most trainers won't be like all right well you got to pay me for that be like they'll give you some tips because they don't want to see you get injured and, and it only benefits them to have educated individuals in their in the world so for diet tips that one's that one's kind of funky. It's always hard because like you could tell one person to do one thing and it just completely sucks, I feel, for the other person. My biggest diet tips are start reading your nutrition labels. Um, all my clients I say, if you can't read it, don't eat it. Get out of the habit of just eating foods and not understanding what you're putting in your body. That'd probably be number one. And number two, once again, same thing falls in line with number with what I said about fitness. How much time are you willing to dedicate to this? Do you have days that you can set aside where you can prep a meal? Is there a specific meal that you can eat that you know is a little bit healthier than another meal? Is there small changes that you can make in your in your diet already? You know, instead of having chicken Alfredo, you eat like chicken with just red sauce. You know, cut a few calories from the from here and then help yourself out in the long run. That's kind of my my few fitness tips. I think you should hire a professional if you're brand new and you have no idea what you're doing. Uh, do your research on who you're hiring, but I'm not going to go too far into that because a lot of people can't afford a personal trainer. So fitness tips wise, I agree completely and hundred percent with what both of you guys said. The first one I, I will talk upon is finding something you actually enjoy doing. Am I genetically the best powerlifter ever? No, but I enjoy powerlifting. I feel for, and I, my heart goes out for the people who just don't really care about their general fitness. It's like, Hey man, you should do it for, so you can get in shape. I don't really care. I like what I do. It's like, okay, you know what? I completely agree with that, man. But I got lucky enough to find fitness type that I really appreciate. And I really thrive for not everyone has to power lift. I'm not saying everyone should, you know, some people might be like, you know, my fitness passion is soccer. So if you go out there and you play soccer a couple times a week, that's that's perfect. If your fitness passion is running, go out and run. Even then, though, don't even use those type of sports as an example. If you like to dance, go dance. If you like to rock climb, if you like to just go walk, just find an, a hobby more so. Don't find a fitness path. Find a hobby that you really enjoy doing that happens to make your body move at the same time. Dion, you said that you should find the time you're willing to put in towards your fitness goals. If that happens to be 10 minutes, so be it. A workout I gave one of my clients the other day was five minutes worth of burpees. They could have done one, they could have done a hundred. But either way, the workout for that day was five minutes long. If you can't give me five minutes, then you are either the busiest person on the face of the planet, or you just don't have your goals in line with fitness, which is is completely okay. I think, I mean, everyone listening to this probably have their goals in line with fitness, but for the people who don't, I agree. I agree. I don't really care about my fitness either. I care about powerlifting. But if you care about dancing and not your fitness, that's perfect. Dietary wise, my biggest thing, and I know not a lot of people are going to enjoy it, and a lot of people won't be able to enjoy dieting like they enjoy certain aspects of fitness. But my number one tip, and I know not a lot of people are going to like doing it, is counting your calories. If you know exactly what's going into your body, you're going to know where the diet lacks. If you're a five foot one, 200 pound individual and you're eating 5,000 calories a day. Okay. It's not the fact that you don't move. You should probably cut your calories. You should probably figure out what you're doing. Are you drinking too much alcohol? I have something we're going to be talking about today. If you're eating too much, you know, red meat, if you're eating too many carbs, whatever have you not saying you should eliminate carbs. We already talked about that, but Obviously, if you have 700 grams of carbs a day, that's not very good. I think counting your calories is the number one step. And not even so much counting your calories, but tracking what you eat, what you put into your body. That's the number one thing a lot of people, I think everyone could benefit from. Other than that, I mean, I don't really, 
think that you have to be a salad kale person. You know, no one, I don't think anyone in this podcast thinks that you have to completely restrict your diet, but you just have to eat a variety and know what you're putting in your body. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, you got to eat a salad and kale person. I feel like you always just eat what you, what you need, you know, like yeah, are going to be somewhat different. Like, I mean, it's even a culturistic thing. Like people in different cultures eat different foods. So I can't tell you what you can, but everything that falls, <clears throat> that falls in line with calories, you can, you can register that. And I feel like we're in pretty much agreement on what, what people should do for, for just starting out and nutrition. But how do you feel like alcohol? Like I, I'll just be the first one to say alcohol kind of destroys me as a person. I cannot drink alcohol <laughs> and I will be taken out of the game of just life in general if I get drunk or I even sometimes it's even if I unknowingly have like two more beers than I thought I did, I'll be like super sick, achy, can't unmotivated for the next day. So all those stories we heard in high school about what like one beer ruins 14 practices. I, I feel like it's body specific. Like I know people who can drink alcohol, you know, go out on, on a Friday night and then go run a mile the next day without any problem. I just feel like alcohol consumption definitely is a hindrance to your body and excess, you know, overconsumption of alcohol obviously causes issues with your, your brain, liver, kidneys, everything, um, hydration levels. Um, so if you're an athlete training for something specific, it's harder to gauge your progress. If you're drinking alcohol in my, in my opinion, because you're diluting your, your blood, you're, you're putting alcohol into your bloodstream. You might be ruining your hydration levels. If you're like someone like me, who I literally can't drink anymore, you know, like the whole term I'm getting old. I remember when I was like 20, 21, and I don't support underage drinking by any means, but I did do it. But I was like 20, 21, I could just go out and just go hard. No questions. Just like, no questions asked. Wake up the next day, do it all again. Live my life, go to the gym for two hours, you know, run on a treadmill, do a, like a six minute mile, you know, go play a full soccer game. And now my body is so sensitive to alcohol. Like I'll drink three beers and then the next day I go try to lift any form of weights and I feel weak. I, it's, it's, a, it's tough to say. I know there's a lot of long lasting effects of alcohol on your body and weight training. Some people have different views on it than I do. As you heard in our last podcast, Andrew said that he drank a beer. What was it? How many beers was it? One or or two? Uh, I was about three, three-ish. <laughs> like I would never be able to function in life if that was if that was me. So it's 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 weird. I mean, I feel like we could talk a, lo- a lot about this, but for now, that's kind of my feelings on it. Alcohol isn't tricky. Let me first explain my thought process behind the drinking before a competition. Obviously, alcohol has a hindrance on your pain tolerance, has a hindrance on your central nervous system. So is it recommended? No, don't do it. Don't drink before anything that you do physically active, whatever. For me, just lifting for so long and having that muscle memory, having a couple drinks before a competition which is fun. I mean, it didn't hurt me at all. In my opinion, I, I already had the numbers I wanted to hit and I pretty much hit all of them. So it wasn't like, you know, I went and bombed out or anything like that. But when it comes to alcohol's effect on your body, I think if you're training seriously for anything, alcohol is not the way to go. Like Dion said, I mean, you know, if you're 16, 17, once again, not condoning, you know, drinking underage, but when I would drink underage and I'd wake up and I wouldn't even smell like booze, I'd be completely fine. Wouldn't even have a hangover, but now that I'm 26, hangovers start to last a little bit longer. They go from a day to two days. Um, you know, so just drinking in general, just if you're competing in anything, is just not going to be good. But if you want to go out and work out a couple days a week and you just like booze more than working out, it just depends on your discipline, man. Are you going to go out there and work out? No, then you probably shouldn't drink. I don't know, man, but I don't think this, uh, podcast topic was about how bad drinking is for you because obviously we know drinking is bad for you but does it affect your training do you allow it to affect your training i don't know i guess that's kind of a question because if you can go out there and get piss hammered every single day and still run a four minute mile in practice then why would you care if i think that you should stop drinking 
like Deanne said, there comes a time where you can't do that anymore. And it does affect your training life. I think every athlete has a window, whether we like to admit it or not, of when we can really, truly compete and be active and do what we want to do. And every single time you go out there and drink too much or blackout or, you know, have too much fun, you're, you're shortening your, your athletic window. You really are. And I don't care what anyone says. I think that's true. Like I said, do I recommend drinking before a competition? No. Do I recommend drinking while competing? No. But if you like drinking beer and you can still get your workouts done and you don't really care too much about how athletic or how strong you are, then go for it. Why not? <laughs> I don't do it anymore. That's not my thing. But I remember back in the day when I was in the military, I'd go out and get piss hammered, wake up five o'clock for PT. And I don't, I didn't care. I was still out running everybody. Why would I care? Don't do it though. The way that I think about alcohol in terms of like, athletics and how it plays into all this and like health is that it's all a choice of like how serious are you going to take athletics and whatever you know personal physical performance that you plan on doing you know if we're talking about diet and exercise is the same thing it's like you know if you're going to start now and even if you're someone who's never run a day in your life you could you know start training and make a intelligent training plan and work up to training completing a marathon and then, you know, being committed to that and doing ultra running. But like most people aren't that serious about running and like, you know, just staying healthy and fit doesn't take being a marathon runner. And when it comes to like being an athlete and like trying to like measure your performance in some way, you know, you could, you know, be a person who trains for powerlifting or long distance running or soccer. And you could have, you know, a couple beers here and there, you know, especially if you're just thinking about like, how is it in terms of how much does alcohol affect your health? It's definitely detrimental in excess, but that's the thing with alcohol is that the dose makes the poison. You know, if you're having beer with dinner two to three times a week, or maybe no beers throughout the week, but then like three or four with your buddies on happy hour on a Friday, then, you know, health-wise, you're probably not affecting yourself significantly. And if we're talking about like, all right, you're... A bodybuilder who's one week out from competition and you're going to happy hour and having four beers, you know, that's probably not the best choice. You know, it's like, how seriously are you taking the thing that you're doing? You know, powerlifting and every night before you uh, train in the morning, you're getting, you know, six, seven beers in, you know, you're, you're definitely hindering your training. But if you're someone who like just doesn't care that much about it and you're like, you know, I just sort of want to be healthy ish and want to like exercise for my health you know you could drink to what you know can loosely be termed a a healthy level you know i think they say you know like one drink per night an amount that ends up being like still still like not unhealthy per week and then you know if you're someone who's like you know having a glass of wine with dinner or a beer or something you're not like jeopardizing your health uh if you're talking about like drinking in excess several nights a week yeah that, at that point you're jeopardizing your health and at that point you've already acknowledged that whatever physical performance is like definitely not your priority i want to go back for a moment to the thing that you said earlier dion about like how much time and how much can you commit to these sorts of things because if we're talking about uh exercise or diet or even alcohol it's like you're 30 40 50 and you have like a friend or a parent who has like a major health incident and you're like you know what i think i want to turn around and you know go in a more healthy direction and uh you know even if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of money and you can't pay a professional or a personal trainer and you don't know who to contact you could just start devoting yourself you know you've got if you've got time but you don't have money there's so many high quality podcasts and YouTube channels. And if you're a person who is well informed generally about, you know, how to, you know, look at a subject and say, you know, if someone, if someone says, you've never been to the gym before, you should definitely try to squat 500 pounds day one. Definitely don't listen to that person. You know, if you start listening to a bunch of sources and some of them seem like they know what they're talking about and others don't. You know, you can you can begin to inform yourself. And I think that 
uh, all three of us definitely do a lot of like career related, like self information, you know, we're, we're making a podcast. So if you're listening to it, you're, you know, you're already one step on the way there. And it's the same thing goes with, uh, with diet. If you're committed 100% to, you know, perfectly cleaning up your diet, you could uh, read the, you know, USDA dietary recommendations, you could protein, fiber, saturated fat goals, you could have your calories counted down, you could be weighing your food, you'd be doing everything, you know, exactly perfectly. Or if you're the person that's not that committed, but like, you still want to be getting healthier, you could, you know, you could take what you're doing and start moving in a better direction. You could say like, all right, maybe I'm, you know, going out to eat too many times a week. And you might see that, you know, you start making progress just off of some of these uh, lifestyle changes. You know, if someone isn't ready to make the behavioral change of counting their calories and weighing their food, and they don't have the like mental space to put that into their day, but you can tell them like, all right, you know, when you go to the store, don't buy the Cheez-Its this time. That's the killer food for me personally. If I have Cheez-Its in my house, I'm going to eat like, the whole box. And if I don't buy them, I won't, I won't snack on a whole as much. And, you know, another tip for someone like trying to get into like, you know, a healthier diet is like, if you're not eating vegetables, try to find one of those that you could snack on. Personally, that was one of the first things that like, as I tried to turn my diet around, I was like, all right, what can I, what can I snack on? that is like low-ish in calories and is pretty healthy and i started eating more fruit in the form of apples and more vegetables in the form of carrots and i just i added those two into my diet like you know i didn't know how to cook very much i didn't know how to like cook nearly as much as i do now i didn't know nearly as much about diet but i knew that i needed to eat more fruits and veggies i'll start eating eating carrots here and there and instead of eating chips i was eating carrots and sometimes it's substitution. Sometimes it's like, all right, you know, instead of having McDonald's for dinner, I'll just pick up something healthier from the store. It's like, you know, if you if you begin to inform yourself about the food, you might not have to count calories. You know, it's the the counting calories is like the marathon running of dieting. It's like the the really high level, like high effort. You know, it takes a lot of mental effort to like put that into your life. And you could do it and it will definitely help if you're someone who's like, I've tried everything and it's not working and you haven't tried, you know, being honest with what you're eating and weighing your food when it's necessary and going by nutrition labels when you can and counting your calories and you've, you know, and you haven't done that, then that will definitely help. And, you know, if you've tried that and it hasn't worked, then, you know, that's probably out of my scope of being able to help. But like, if you're someone who can't, commit to counting calories, then maybe you can just make a small change. And the same thing goes with alcohol. If you're like binge drinking four nights a week, bring it down to three is still a step in the right direction. You know, saying, okay, bring it down to one drink three nights a week from like, you know, binge drinking Thursday, Friday, Saturday is going to be a really hard change for someone. Getting to a healthy uh, exercise routine and to a healthy alcohol consumption is the goal. But, you know, just like with with the sports that we've chosen, you know, finding the one that you enjoy, it's like finding the way that that gets you there. You know, I can't tell you, you got to do it like this. I can't tell, you know, someone like you got to count calories or you got to eat kale and salads. If you if you can find a way that works for you, then you got to go for it. Yeah, I agree. And I think I mean, at the end of the day, I, I talk a lot about people trying to compete because I'm a person that likes to compete. But if we're talking about the date, like the normal general population, if you want to have a beer a night, you can, of course, be a healthy individual. But if you're binge drinking three, four times in, or three, four times a week, like you said, then fitness might not be your number one problem. Maybe if you cut down on that binge drinking, then you would have a healthier, like you would have a healthier lifestyle. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? So, I mean, when we talk about alcohol, I mean, obviously alcohol is a huge, keep it more towards athletics, but if you're binge drinking three, four times a week, then your problem probably isn't, you know, a max squat or a max bench. Your problem is maybe alcohol might be used in, a, in, a, in the wrong way. And 
for the general population, if you want to go and have a glass of wine with dinner every night, then I guarantee you could probably still lose weight. You could probably still reach your goals. But if you want to start competing and maybe if you start hitting that plateau, I mean, wine, for example, is still pretty high in calories. So you never really know, you know, you might have to cut down on that one glass of wine a night. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like two things like that, you know, Phil said about the, the drinking, like one drink a night. Um, and like we talk about competing a lot just cause like in nature, all three of us are in the, in competitive atmospheres for the most part, but for the average person, um, I, I tend to hear this a lot when I'm talking about nutrition, um, with people and with clients and the one drink a night alcohol, I think it's what seven calories per gram It's 10, I, nine. I think, I think it's nine. Yeah. No, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure it's seven. I would put, I'd put like two bucks on that. One dollar on on seven. Um, so, uh, with with alcohol, you people tend to drink. You know, have their drinks with their friends or something, and that might be something you. It might not hinder your your training, but as like Andrew said and as Phil said, You're it right. might be something that's at yes, one dollar for you, boy. <laughs> yes, sir. So, so seven, so seven calories. Um, but yeah, so. You might be drinking that one drink with your friend, or you might go to happy hour every Friday with your with your coworkers, and that might be something you need to assess in your in your nutrition or in your lifestyle. You know, maybe it isn't that you're not working out hard enough. Those seven beer, those four beers that you have on your happy hour, if you just cut back one of them or two of them, just have two beers, then you're dropping. You know, like we'll just say three hundred calories from your diet. You never, you never know what you're doing until, until you're, you take a step back and look at your process and how things are going. So like, by not, by no means am I saying like alcohol is going to just like end, end all your fitness goals and you'll never be anywhere if you stop drinking. I mean, if you keep drinking um, or any form of alcohol, it's just that maybe you have to assess how, how you do things. And also culturistically, like does your culture of alcohol consumption play in, into this? And that's where you got to take a step back and overlook everything that you have and everything that you're doing and be like, all right, yeah, maybe the one glass with, with dinner can be changed to just water today. Like Phil said, making those like small things, like instead of getting two bottles of wine, when you go to the wine or liquor store, you get one and you're like, all right, when this is empty, then I'll get another one. And then that might stop you from drinking as much. You know, you might conserve how much wine you drink in the week. Um, so those are like two big things. I did want to share a story that I thought because I felt bad for pointing out what you did about the body. I mean, the powerlifting meet with the beer. So one year for my birthday, she set up a, a like a birthday party for me at uh, Texas Day Brazil. I, I'm a glutton for every food. Like I'm just I'm just a glutton. So I eat mad food, but I also drink a lot of wine that night. And we forgot we had a soccer game at 930. It was a late game that got rescheduled. Yeah. Oh no, dude. <laughs> I so we go to this game and I'm playing well, you know, muscle memory. I'm doing okay. And one play, I go to pass the ball. I actually step on top of the ball while trying to pass it. I slip and fall on my side flat. Everyone laughed. I laughed. I go, all right, guys, sum me out. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I just sat down for the remainder of the game. I was, I was shot. I'm like, sum me out. Take me out. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm dude. I feel like there's been a couple times where, I mean, lifting. Like, I mean, going to my birthday. My birthday this year is a lot of fun. My girlfriend and I both went to this like sake brewery, but I couldn't imagine having to play soccer after going there and be like, oh, whoops, sorry, I have to go play soccer at nine thirty now. Like, I would have been done. I, w- I would have thrown up on the field. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of all I got going for for the the realm of fitness and. Phil, you got any philisms to drop? Uh, I think the the only thing I would add to uh, to like the points that you were saying is like the the thing with like alcohol in terms of like fitness and performance is that like like what you were saying you got to like assess where your priorities are at when you're like you know if you're trying if you if you got a game or something or you got a competition then you know you maybe you were saying you got a powerlifting meet in like, I think it was like a year and a week or something, you know, the next, I don't know if you're drinking these days, but like the next six months, you know, you're, as long as your habits are within a sort of healthy range, it probably won't matter. But like, 
three weeks before the powerlifting meet, like, you know, you probably want to like bring it even a little lower. It's like, you know, the more closer you get to competition, if you're someone who's competing in something, the more it matters. That's how it relates to the, uh, the other thing that you were saying about like the bottle of wine, when you go to the liquor store, it's like, you know, if you, if you have these goals that are important to you, then you got to decide what's more important. You know, if you're like, all right, I think I can make it work. I think I can have a glass of wine with dinner. You know, it really helps me unwind and I still get my, you know, my workout in or my steps in and, you know, I'm watching the rest of my diet and I can make it work. Or if you're someone who's like, you know what, I think I can cut back a little bit and maybe I'll just have it on Tuesdays and Thursdays and I'll still be able to, uh, you know, unwind on those days. And then on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'll be able to monitor my diet a little bit more, a little bit differently. And throughout the course of the week, I'll be able to lose a little bit more weight. You got to think about like how you can make it work for you and like priorities, like you were saying, Dion. So much, so much life, so much love. That's, that's real. It really comes down to that. Like you said, just priorities. Can you make it work? And I always say to anybody in fitness, you know, who's starting out, who's in, who's already years in the fitness, just reevaluate sometimes. Sit back, take a step back, look, see what you can do and see if you can make any changes. And if you can't, you know, try to make it work the best you can. What's going on, guys? That's the Fitness Roundtable with K-Man at kmanbarbell.com, Phil at yawstraining.com, and Dion at activegamerfitness.com. The roundtable is more of a discussion than anything. We hope you enjoyed. Leave a like and subscribe. Stay fit. Stay strong. Stay educated.